Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. I'm excited today. We have a longtime friend from the chat space, um, a... I, you know how you know how there are like polymaths who cover all of the different areas of mathematics, and it's like, how is that possible? I um, consider myself that, yeah. Polymath, like polymaths, like an Andy. You have an Andy who's a polymath. Well, we invited a, a poly capper in uh, in Bretholomew from Twitter, who uh, somehow has the bandwidth to cover it. Feels like every major and minor sport. Well, we invited higher uh, handicapping land space. So, <laughs> without further ado, Brett, welcome to the first time, first time ever. Welcome to the deep dive. What's up, boys? How you guys doing? Oh, we're this is fantastic. We have NBA playoffs in full swing. Round one has been awesome so far. NHL playoffs has been pretty entertaining. Uh, French Open draw on Friday, kicking off Thursday. round one tomorrow. Oh, it's going to be it's tomorrow. Thursday. We, we looked it up this morning. It's like five p.m. Paris time. So honestly, I think it's like tomorrow morning. For Why you. is that so hard to come up with that information? I googled we, like it, 10 It took us a long it, time it's this just morning. Ne- it's just never, it's so hard to figure that out. Oh man. Well, um, either way, yeah, Brett, Sam knows. Brett does not sleep. He's uh, he's up He's up at all hours. Anyway, uh, Brett, I very much value your tennis opinion. So very excited to talk about a little bit of French Open. Uh, of course, we'll get to your, some of your thoughts on the NBA playoffs because you are also uh, very active among our NBA friends. Um, but uh, kind of first and foremost, um, you know, how has the... 2021 tennis season gone for you from a betting standpoint have you felt like things are sort of business as usual or are there any kind of new particularities about this season that are worth kind of bringing to the table before we get into some of this uh this slam talk 2021 tennis season so 2020 was actually pretty good uh mainly because i had a a triantec outright for paris which kind of covered the whole season i've been a fan of hers forever so (laughs) I was bound to hit it, uh, but 20, so 2021, uh, the Australia swing and wherever, yeah, the Australia swing was kind of hit or miss. Uh, I didn't, I don't think I had either of the winners. Now after that, so the, the hardcore, little hardcore season after that was very nice. Um, and then, but clay season has not gone well. A lot of like the clay players that are usually well, especially in like the WTA side, have struggled a little bit. You get some, you're getting some hardcore players that are playing well, playing well. Like Katarina Alexandrova has done very well in clay court season. She's just not that good. Ash Barty, I'm just not high on her on clay, though she just always wins. So I obviously, I, I don't know, don't really get why her game translates so well. Um, at, a, at a high level, I, I understand she, she can beat most players on tour, but even against the top five, she, she plays really well. But I mean, the biggest thing about the WTA tour is like the injuries and off form players coming in to the French Open. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, especially, yeah, it's this, a who's who. Betting this 250 this week feels like just an absolute minefield. And I guess kind of what you said too about, you know, Alexandrova and maybe how Barty's playing considering where she's ranked and what she's done in the past couple of years. It, it's a different kind of sport rather than how we have a really strict schedule. And, you know, saying that now can, with everything we had in the last year with bubble hockey, bubble NBA, like normally – 
the major four sports are, you know, the football starts, football ends. We have an off season. Tennis has a bit of an off season, you know, at the end of the year, it, it it's not very long and it is kind of a wraparound season, similar to like how golf works. I mean, you can really say the Aussie stuff is really the beginning of the season normally, but like, how do you treat priors, you know, compared to other sports when you need, like you're, for, use Alexandrova as far as that. Like, how how long does she have to play well on clay before you just fully adjust or have to stop betting her completely or stay away from her matches? Yeah, so it, I I go back a lot now. So much of it is matchup dependent. Like, you a player can get to the semifinals of a draw and get uh, a win in round one over a qualifier that's like a a local uh, or a local wild card, and then you get a WD in round two. <laughs> Like, I'm not high. Like, Yulia Putseneva beat Jill Teichman today, so she made the round of 60. I'm not really high on her on clay. Teichman, like, blew out her Achilles in the second game of, in the, second game of the first set. So it's like, okay, so she made a round of 16. Is that, like, there's so much noise if you just, like, look at results. You have to look at market movement. You have to look at who they're beating, what surface, uh, was the player coming in fit or not. Uh, so as far as adjusting priors, it, it takes a lot for me, uh, unless I see some crazy market movement that's against, uh, what I would feel is the fair number that I, tennis market's not an NFL, an NBA, NHL. It's not, it's not even close to that, but there are, you get some wild, like pinnacle will open someone at minus 130 and close at minus 220. And you're like, uh, someone knows something yeah yeah for well, sure yeah it makes us think about like uh, the conversation we had with matthew trenhale about the tennis market and like you know the the wild ass openers out in like the czech republic and you know not only not only yeah yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. whatever it was out there yeah the stuff the austrian books and some of the stuff so and not only what you said like context 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 is that gonna be is that should that be our model like, we don't have like Probably. an official pot like, I think that should be our motto. Context, context, context. Because, yeah, you can look at, like, uh, even for golf, it's like, oh, man, this guy top 20. And then you look, it's like, oh, he was, like, 11 shots off the lead, though. You know, the, like, did he really play that well? Like, there was just a bunch down there. So the same thing you say with, like, oh, she made the final 16. Yeah, she hasn't played shit. She hasn't had to do anything. But then, you know, the market thing, too, like you said, comparing the pinnacle number rather than some of this. I see a lot of this, like, oh, man, it opened this. I'm like, where where did you pull that number from? Well, my local. Like, well, your local isn't the opener. <laughs> like, that's not the official. Like, if, if that's what you're using to track line movement and trying to, you know, make a judgment call off the market for that, you're, you're probably going to have a bad time to begin with. So I, I guess, mean, yeah. So speaking but, specifically of how the market matures, I'll ask your opinion because I know you, you know, the fact that you even, that you kind of brought it up out of, you know, from Jump Street, how important evaluating the tennis market is, I think should be, we could spend all, all podcasts talking about that, honestly, because <laughs> it is crazy, crazy important. Um, I usually watch, I usually use odds uh, portal as my kind of go-to because they tend to pop first with the stuff from, as Andy mentioned, the Czech Republic tip sport for I Fortuna. Um, the bet hard guys in Sweden usually have a different trading team. They put a number up that's different. Uh, there's a couple of Russian books that will just throw crap against the wall and it starts getting hammered around. And then Marathon will pop a number and it'll usually be off market after there's been a little bit of action. And then Pinnacle will open 
based on how Marathon's numbers moved. I, there's some relationship there that I can't really put my finger on as to how those two are working together. Uh, but whatever the case is, once Pinnacle is up, it does feel like, okay, we now have some stability across the market. Everybody tends to either converge on their number or if there's a divergence, then it's like, well, what's going on here? Like what, you know, what is, what's, what's driving this? Um, but is, is that pretty much how you would see a normal tennis market open for, uh, for any given uh, daily match? So yeah, so I the two sites I use are Odds Porter and Tennis Explorer. Odds Porter is usually first and is much more easier to read, especially if you want American odds. Tennis Explorer only does a decimal, I believe, or I haven't figured out how to change it. Um, so yeah, usually you get like Tick Sport or like One X Bet or some random books. Even like a, the book up north, uh, Cool Bet, which yeah. is a new book. They sometimes have openers and you'll see some wild random numbers and then you'll see pinnacle open and pinnacle openers are not always sharp you can get some crazy line movement off that but after about one to two hours it'll kind of settle and all other books settle after about one to two two hours though, though the pinnacle openers are not always sharp you can see crazy line, especially in challenger level or like uh this week in the french open qualifiers a, a 50 to 100 point move is not out of the realm of possibility it's actually it probably happens at least five percent of matches i would say wow um, wow, so wow wow i would say but that like qualifiers and challenger much smaller market you place a 250 dollars bet you move it 15 points uh but yeah I, in general i i do see it the same way uh and yeah that marathon they they post early too they usually post before pinnacle for most it's different when you get in like the semifinals and finals of slams we were yeah. talking even finals of like uh, uh, 1,000 or whatnot. But on an, any given like tomorrow's matches, you'll get like four or five books that open and then Pinnacle will open, take like an hour for not the market to mature, but to kind of get some push and pull and find like a good stable number for the time being. And then everyone kind of moves to that number. Yeah, that all checks out. Um the getting to that number and kind of the, uh, you know, your process in particular, we've talked about this and I have a very, very similar process. Um, but I like to at least have some starting point. I like to at least have some win probability calced uh, and expectation of what a fair is uh, and then kind of go off of that and, and look at the market. And it's rare that, you know, but it's rare, but possible. Sometimes I'll have misses by 10%. 15%. And I know and I'm not like ready to go fire away a Kelly bet on those on those sides because there's a lot of qualitative aspects to uh, a tennis handicap, a lot of matchup dependent stuff which you mentioned. Um, you know, what's your typical process as you sit down and put together numbers cuz you know, we're going to get our we're going to get the draw tomorrow it sounds like and we're going to have 64 matches on the women's side of the tournament you're going to have to come up with numbers for. Um, you know, what's what's uh, what's step 1, 2 and 3 for you? So I I have a general ELO rating, but it's more of just a general rating. I I I, I use it as a point of reference. Uh, I don't actually bet off of it. If something, it's more of if I see something and it's it's like 10, 15 percentage points off. Like oh, why is this? Did this person are they coming back from injury and the, the market likes them way more than I do or not? Or oh, they just they beat someone big and so and they they crushed them. So like. It's an up and coming talent. Like, uh, for example, like Paul Bedosa, crazy market movement as of late because yeah. she's on fire. Too bad when I had her 250 to one in, uh, in uh, Barcelona, she couldn't come through. But 
different day, Ash Barty <laughs> issues again. Um, but yeah, so there's sometimes, and unlike a lot of markets, I guess you can kind of see it in golf. I, it's an individual sport thing that that happens consistently, which you don't see in like, happens in the UFC, but UFC fighters at, at most, they fight three or four times a year. They, the adjustments are massive and they are quick on, on younger players. You're, your 18 to 21 year old players uh, that kind of have a have a decent junior career and a lot of tennis players, they kind of struggle their way through ITFs and uh, for the men challenger level. And then they'll get to the, the big show and they'll be okay. And you'll see like glances, like Yannick Sinner is a great example. You see like he has grand slam potential. He has, he has moments where it's just like, whoa or like lorenzo massetti who lost today in terrible fashion <laughs> but he has these moments and you're like oh he's 19. it's like just a matter of time before he puts it together and once they kind of click like sviantec did last year the yeah. mark just like the sviantec numbers in the french open last year like I, she was favored over halep in her match because she just trounced everyone in the first couple rounds is like oh she's showing like this is her game this is what she showed junior level against poor competition now it's like oh it's clicking this is how good she is and that's kind of how the tennis market works and it it's tough to really like do you do you always bet against or do you always bet your number like if i always bet my number i think i i would my r i actually have a negative roi i tested it for like a <laughs> six month time period. so i'm like i can't do this uh but it I have a generally low rating uh, to consider. And then uh, probably the, the number one thing I look at is how the market moved against players in prior matches uh, in recent times. So in like the, the given tournament and the prior tournament, uh, if the market really respects them, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll respect the market. It's, it's not an NFL market. It's not a big market, but money does matter. And uh, I, re I respect it. Not everyone agrees, but you're uh yeah, I had a different question about the main draws we'd get to in a bit, but the your your comment about the younger players, it does seem like that. And you know, our friend uh German other German friend, usually when we say our German friend on here, we're talking about Suma, but our other German friend Vinny, Vinny. who is just balls deep in the like you know, whatever Lower you call levels, what yeah. whatever whatever below challenger is, like he he's the he makes a list. Yeah, the minor leagues, like, you know, even like you know, kids playing tennis, he makes this list at the beginning of the year, and he's able to abstract a bunch of value from these kids before they have to start playing, oh, this guy's going to crush challengers. And then mm -hmm. by the time he gets to the, you know, the big leagues, it's like, oh, it's it's not so fun anymore betting on this guy because he's not going to win very many matches. Is there something, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what it was. I used to be really heavy into fantasy baseball like a decade ago, but there was, you know, there was – things that people tested out and you know it was like oh his third year or like the 27 year old season and shit like that you know I don't, I don't know if there was even if that stuff even really held water if you looked at empirical evidence but like is there a spot where you're looking for like you know this guy is going to turn a corner or is it just so hard to tell and it's case by case because you know once they turn the corner like you talk about the number adjusts so fast and then you're shit out of luck for making any money on the guy yeah okay. i i I honestly don't know for I so I focus more on women I, I I pay attention to men's tennis and all and I bet a lot of it but I'm much more focused on the women just because I think there's 
in general, there's more value and there's there's more bettable matches per se. Um, mm. But for the woman, it's it's just so wild. I I think experience definitely helps. Um, but like what Coco Goff is doing on clay this season is just incredible. Like I came into this season like oh, she'll be good on hard courts and another player I was like she's never really performed on clay. Her junior career wasn't that great on clay and she just trucked in Rome, like super impressive. And it's just like, and not only were her results impressive, her movement was like, Oh, she's a natural. And they're like, where did this come from? I don't know if she practiced it in the off season or what, but she has taken such a step forward. I think she's seven. She just turned 17 or something. Who knows what like her ceiling is, but then you have players like Paula Badosa. I think she's 21. Right. She, she had shown signs on clay. Her game, if you watch her game, she's like a power player. You not really a, a clay court surface like style when you think of like a Sarah or Ronnie, like just grind and throw drop shots and underhand serves and whatnot. No, Paula Badosa hits a big serve and hits swinging forehands, but she does move well on clay versus other surfaces. So and she's older. So a lot of it has to do with just sheer talent. Like Koko Goff has so much talent and Iga Fiantek has so much talent. Why you have other players uh, like a Kenin who doesn't have all the talent in the world, but kind of grinds. And maybe it took her longer to really have confidence. I mean, so much of it's confidence and that's impossible to quantify. Right? <laughs> uh, you can see it with the eye test though, right? Sometimes. Yeah, but um, it's so, sometimes it's just like a, you get a coaching change and like, oh, like it just took somebody to like yell at this person. Yeah, yelling at them or stopping yelling at them, I'm sure as a factor. <laughs> it's so it's t- it, I don't have in to answer your question though, I don't have like, oh, one season a challenger slash high ITF level, and then the next season they come smoking through. Um, it, and it's it's so different with so many players because if, if you are a part of a good tennis association, you're probably playing better competition. You're allowed to uh, you're allowed to play in the U.S. Open if you're an American teenager. Like you get the wild card. Whereas if you're from like Austria, you don't you don't have any. Tennis Federation is giving you money, but you go play. You might you might have to qualify for a random tournament. Yeah. Whereas like the Australians, the Americans, the British, they're into like every draw in their country. So that makes sense. It's tough. Um, it's crazy. You brought up the two gals already who have moved the most in my ranking so far this season uh, from clay. Um, and just for anyone who's tuned in, who's like you know like not super dialed into the way that the tennis calendar works, we start in Australia. We play some hardcore tournaments. We go to Europe. We play some indoor hardcore tournaments. Some of the guys who are clay specialists go to South America during that time and do the golden swing through South America. We all come back together in North America usually and play Indian Wells. Got canceled this year or at least postponed. Knocking on wood that they played in the spring, in the fall because it's one of my favorite tournaments. It'd they do awesome Miami that after that. So that's the usually the U.S. double on hard courts outdoors. And then everybody packs up. They go to Europe for the spring. And we start in Monte Carlo. We bounce around. It goes I, off the top of my head. It goes Monte Carlo, and then Barcelona, and then Madrid, and then Rome. And then there's some kind of lower, lesser tournaments sprinkled in. Um, I don't think I forgot about any, but I might have. Um, but yeah, so basically from April until the run up to Roland Garros, it's just all European clay. 
and you really get a chance to see everybody's form. Um, the Americans tend to suck. Um, and the, you know, usually Nadal wins them all. Uh, it hasn't been that way this year. We're going to get to that in more detail. I want to get both your guys' opinions on the men's side, even though, you know, I know that, uh, uh, Brett, you tend to focus on the women's side. But um, over the course of the season, if I take my rankings at the money from, from the, um, you know, from the first European clay tournament through uh, now, heading into Roland Garros, the two biggest adjustments in my ELO numbers on the women's side are Coco Goff. She's up to nine. I have her over Kiki Burton's over Elise Mertens, uh, which is somewhat surprising. Um, I just based on her quality of play. And then the other woman was Paula Bedosa. I have her up and now she's 14th best on my list. Uh, I would take either of these women to win in their quarter if they get the right draw. Um, honestly, outside of Barty, outside of Iga, I think this is completely wide open. So whichever quarters those two women are not in, I will be looking for kind of a young up and coming player to make first ever run because I just have zero faith that Halep is going to be fit. Zero faith that Muguruza has the movement at this point in her career to win, uh, you know, five matches in a row on clay. Um, and then I guess, oh, I didn't mention Sabalenka. She's moved up in my rankings a lot on clay, too. I did hey, not really rate her very clay. highly on clay, she's but a, she's now top five for me. I think, I think, Imagine, she's talented, but yeah, she's like a power player. I don't know if I can better to win seven. It might be I, I, a ton of my numbers, obviously, for her come from Madrid, and Madrid is at a higher elevation yes. and better. It's more exactly. of a servers, but then she did back it up a decent amount on slower. But here's the thing. I don't know. If, if Sabalink is playing her best tennis, she can easily win the French Open. Yelena Asapenko win the French Open. Oh, <laughs> her game does not strike me as anything good on clay. But they have the boat. They have this similar, like, no margin tennis and just crush the ball. I mean, she could go on a hot trick. Now, is that Helen too? Current market numbers are like, what, uh, 10 to what, 8 to 1 on Sabalenka? I'm not betting her at all on that. Okay. So I, I'm not. I, I don't think there's any value in her number, but I think she she's definitely a top ten threat to win the tournament. Uh, but in general, I, I completely agree with your assessment of like the women's draw. Um, there's so many unfit or untrustworthy players. Like three of the best clay players on tour, you have Muguruza, Muguruza uh, Burton's, and Halep. They all have health question marks. Burton's huge. Might not even win a first round match. I, she's been absent. Uh, Svitolina, who. I mean, she's good, but she's so untrustworthy. I don't. She played some good matches in Rome. She lost to Sviantec. She didn't look terrible, but she's going to have to beat like Sviantec to win. So there's not much value in there. My so coming in the, I have a Sviantec future at a long gone number. I don't really. I don't know how I feel about it. Maybe she doesn't drop a set again, and she's Rafa for women. It's possible, I guess. I think you. My what I hope to happen is I. I want to look at quarters, like you said, avoid the etch, though I don't mind going against her that much. It's got to be the right player, though. Yeah, avoid the Sviantec and find like a – like a, she won't be a number anymore because she went wild last year, but like a Nadia Podoroska. Podoroska, a, yeah. A Cerebus Tormo or like a Petra Marcic playing a little better. I really like Jill Teichman. She, I have no idea, but it looked like a brutal injury today. Bernarda Pera. She's been playing really well, though she never closes out matches. Uh, Daria Kasakina, I've always been high on. She's been terrible in this clay season. At, 
she won on indoor hard courts, which makes no sense. And now she's <laughs> she can't win on clay. I so confusing. Uh, like even like a Camilla Georgie or uh, a young up and comer Marta Stajak. There, there's so many players that like, hmm, you get hot for a week, get a 40 to 50 to one number on her to win her quarter. Let it And helps the one seed and may not even make it out of the second round. It's it's wild though. It, it's Yeah, it sounds like it, there's going to be some pretty nice quarter for you, or even if you want to go full S like A to win the tournament. But if you have some some of these top players like Muguruza and Halep that you want to attack, mm-hmm. like there's going to be some quarter prices. They're going to be off off of when I, and when I say off market, off of your market, off of you know what what we would consider to be the right market based on just how you know how lowly we think of the the honestly the market favorites at this point. And also, God, when you describe that, Drew, when you went through the calendar of tennis, like if you 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 if you have an athletic child, pull him out of lacrosse or whatever, get him into tennis. You imagine just like traveling along, like oh, it's called the sunshine double, the golden swing. I know, traveling so what cool. Barcelona, Rome, oh, Madrid, like out, huh? Monaco. All these did that happen today? Really, I, I, I haven't seen that. I didn't see confirmed, but yeah. Go, uh, go follow your kid around the world. Uh, that's that's news to me. I guess I haven't kept up on it because I'm really waiting for the draws tomorrow before we, you know, do much anything. But uh, and that that was my question before when I got off topic was, Drew said, "Hey, you have 64 matches just like that when we have the draws come out. Are you?" And th- this is the bandwidth question. We joked about like Jesus, Brett does tennis, golf, racing, too much stuff. Is he? Is this like the Prestige where there's actually a twin brother we don't know about, <laughs> or like what's going on where he's he's doing a lot of this stuff? Like the the bandwidth question for me is like, are you just crossing off some matches and be like? I know I don't have a good enough number to even like dig into this match when you have a slam like this and just like X, 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 like I'm not wasting time on these because I don't think I can properly price it anyway. Correct. And, and I'm not much of the spread, uh, like a game so. spread uh, better. It, by the way, it does look like it helps out. I didn't yeah. see any American media, but when you search it, you get like an inside sport. Uh, that's why you bet it. That's, I, I was, I would hit the hell out of the market. Uh, during the freaking, you know, as we saw those a uh, couple of those injuries play out, because these guys, I mean, uh, is uh, we don't have confirmation that uh, Andre Eskew has pulled out yet, right? She's no, I, I imagine she's in. She pulled, she pulled out of this current tournament with a slight tear. Everything's a tear in tennis. I yeah. have a tear in the states, and I'm like, well, you're out for like a year. You tear, yeah. your, you tear something. So I think Andre is going to play. Someone else, okay. I think, should be good on clay, but she's what she's. She's won multiple majors, and I we haven't seen her on clay in her career. It's yeah, one of the more um, career arcs ever. So, how about moves Shviantek up to the eighth seed, um, which will be interesting because that now makes it that that much less likely that she would be. Oh man, if she ends up in the same quarter as Ash Barty, though, there's going to be quarter betting value all over the fucking place. Yeah, there's, um, there's so many players. <laughs> Um, the, uh, current seating right now, Ash Barty's one you, I'll, I'll, I'd like your opinion more in more detail later as to why you want to go against her and, and how, but, uh, let's pause that for now. Naomi Osaka could not, would not, will not back her on clay. Will nope. back her on, should be, you know, should be, you know, Djokovic type prices on hard court, uh, later this year at the U S open. Um, we mentioned Sabalenka already. She's the three seed. 
Sophia Kennan, her form right now is pretty brutal. Uh, not pretty a brutal. And yeah, <laughs> Svitolina's five. Yeah, she, wait, she had her appendix out in uh, Australia, right? Yeah, she just changed uh, coaches too. She, yeah. she got rid of Papa Sasha Kennan, who's a head case and she's moving on from him. I don't know who she picked up though. Right. Bianca Andreescu is the six. Serena Williams is seven. I mean, what is going on here? <laughs> like these it, these women are not yep. in form at all. Carolina Pliskova is the nine. We just saw her get almost double bageled by Sviantec <laughs> in the Rome final. Uh, Belinda Bencic is so far off her top form. It's not funny. Similar with Kvitova, Bencic similar with Muguruza. Also just is not good for play. Not good for like play. Yeah. Do it well in Stuttgart, the indoor, like she, she's an automatic grass. Come grass season, think about her again, but that okay. her, her style of play is just not fit for play. I'm going to go down the list and the rest, I cannot believe these names uh, who are seated. <laughs> I'm going to go down the list. You tell me one where you're like, I would be interested, you know, stop me if you, when, if I say one that you would be interested in backing them to even win their quarter. Okay. I don't know that there is one, honestly. Uh, we have, or it's getting, we're going to get down to like number 24 before we get there. Gap, uh, Muguruza is 12. Brady, Jennifer Brady is 13. Elise Mertens is 14. Azarenka is 15. So, so Mertens, there's going to be no value in her price though. I'm not betting Mertens right. to win quarter at three to one. Yeah. She and, can definitely win. She, She's, uh, I think Noob said it, but she is like, if you can beat Elise Martins, you might be, a, I don't know where I heard this. I thought it was Noob's. If you can beat Elise Martins, you can be a very good tennis player. If you can't yeah, beat that's, Elise that's Martins, you're saying. That's, yeah. she's, the, she's the Mendoza line. Yes. No, we, we yes. call her Elise, Elise Bellwether. Instead of Maris, <laughs> because we don't we don't even say her name right, but and it's funny too. And if anybody who is listening Mer- doesn't Mertens. fully understand the seating, the seating is effed because this is a tournament or this is a tournament. This is a game, a sport that's played on multiple surfaces, and just like we've been talking about for ad nauseum here, like hey, this person's good on clay, bad on clay, good on grass, bad on grass. Like just because like your overall game is here, here's where you're ranked. So here's where you're seated. And guess what? You're a high seed at Roland Garros. Doesn't matter if you're good on clay or not. You have some good numbers from hardcore. So, like, you know, we talk about the, the differences in some of the seeds in college basketball in the tournament. Like, yeah, the 16 seeds are going to beat the hell out of the one seeds. But it's it's so different in this kind of sport where some of these seedings are absolute, you know, whatever you want to call it, like <laughs> false. I mean, they're I mean false. Osaka yeah. number two. The, the, in the French Open, like Wimbledon – does their own seating because they understand yeah. some people aren't good yes. at it. Yes, I was, I was, I was I'm exactly. had their own seating. Like Naomi Saka wouldn't be a, what, is she going to be a two seed? Be a two Daniel seed. Medvedev would not be a two Medvedev, seed. Medvedev, yes. Both he's, those he's, players, both he two might, seeds. He might be to top win. 20. Medvedev might be top 20 men. Ten, Medvedev might be. All right, be. so there's 128 men that will play in the French Open. Medvedev, you just said, is the two seed? Yeah. He is forty to one at bookmaker right now to win. <laughs> that's not that that's is, a fair that price, not, and that's a <laughs> fair price. Forty to one to beat Rafael Nadal. <laughs> yeah. That's actually true. <laughs> that's good not quite. I mean, that's, 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 that's not. That's not crazy. 10, you should that's be like ten crazy. to one. Yeah, yeah. That's and he's not crazy. Win six other matches. <laughs> Yeah, I do. That's a fair. Well, he, uh, yeah, presumably they're they're all, they would meet in the semifinal, which well, we'll never see. So we don't even have, have we to worry to about Petra it. Yet? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we're past Petra. Uh, okay. Her form though is out. For, mm. I'm out on her right Kvitova? now. Um, yeah. it, I don't. is one of a player, kind of, and like some others with her low margin game, you don't really need form. I think she, okay. she she wakes up 
the right week, she can win any tournament. Her inability to really go toe to toe with the elite would keep me yeah. away from her unless she has a quarter to herself. Which well, I don't no, know. And once again, there's never going to be a value in her number. Yeah. With right. how weak this field is. Yeah. Um, similarly, okay, so just keep going. Baz Mertens, Azarenka, Burtons, we talked is hurt. Sakari is not a clay player. I like I like Sakari. So you like her on once, clay? Once again, she'll have no value. I do like her. She has some forty to one to win the tournament. I, that's kind yeah, of that's not enough. That's not enough. I, I would need like a sixty-six eighty. Well, you're we're never gonna get her quarter is gonna be like six. That's probably no value in that. Uh, but I do like her on clay. She moves, she's She's another one where I think she's like 25, 24. I think there's still an extra peak to her game. Uh, like you, we've seen moments like when she washed away Osaka in Miami. And I know Osaka was like clearly disengaged in that match. But you really saw like, oh, she can be like really good. So I, I wouldn't write off Sakari making a run. Okay. Like I would like a Burton's. Burton's, okay. might, no Burton's might not. Uh, Unless yeah. she like took some magic pills and is healthy and all yeah. that. Yeah, you never know. Uh, she's well, Dutch. Sometimes though. they do they're that. Not, you do not, that yeah. in MTOs. They have that magic. If she was Russian. Team. I would be less be a little more concerned, but yeah. she's Dutch, so whatever. Um, so let's let's circle back on Barty and then let's put a pin in the uh, in the women's draw here. Um, what is it about her game that you think is worth going against her on clay? Because I, you know, thinking about how week the rest of this field was before seeing what Iga did in Rome, I thought, yeah, I, I caught some Barty at nine to one, seven plus seven fifty, thinking like this is gonna get real short once we see the draw. Um and assuming that she's not in the same quarter as Iga, because I don't love her against Iga, uh, I still feel pretty decent about her chances to get to the finals at least. Um what is what do you think is worth taking on uh uh Barty? So those numbers that you got definitely playable. I'm not I'm she definitely has a chance. She's she's won it, albeit she walked through a ridiculously yeah. easy drop when she did. Incredibly but, easy drop. But I mean that could happen this year. So who yeah. knows? Um I'm not a fan of her backhanded slice on the clay courts, but no one really attacks it. I don't it it's kind of bizarre. Sabalenka kind of did when uh she won in Madrid, but and it's probably because that you just don't see many slice shots on the WTA tour unless you're playing like Monica Nicolosu, who's just sitting forehand slicing all the time. You don't really see her style. So I think it kind of just throws off players. But there's so many times where like Barty, when she lost to Bedosa in Charleston, when she looks bad, it's just like it's head scratching. And I, I can't really she can have like terrible misses and her point construction is just bizarre. But when she's on, she's like the best. And I, I just that that backhanded slice on clay the right player takes advantage of it and really peppers it i think they can beat her um but i yeah, obviously she can win uh, what's her current price like five to one yeah in that ballpark yeah seems, I, it's five to one in book seems, so. i wouldn't bet it seems fair nine a nine to one i i don't know if i bet but i mean i wouldn't blame anyone for betting if uh, if Iga is on the other half of the draw her fair price is probably Three-ish to one uh, by my numbers. You know, it'd be nice and and each way at like six. <laughs> like if she is on the other side of the draw, it's like well, you're, you're 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 halfway free rolling unless something weird happens. But and it, it's interesting what you say about like attacking a weird slice like that. Maybe the thing that drives me the most nuts about the WTA 
is that they, you know, especially now that you can like yell, the coach can yell at him a little. It's Mm -hmm. like, if I can see, and again, we have this in every sport. We're great at being, you know, coaches from the couch, but it's like tennis. And I shouldn't even pick on the women. The men do this too. You you see something clearly like, are you just going to let them do that the whole match? And instead of like changing your game plan, it seems like game plans do not change. And there's a lot of WTA players that are very guilty of that. And, like sometimes you can just you can live bet like oh, well this person should win but they're not going to change their plan and they're going to lose right now. Yep. Yeah. And it, the the thing about Triantec, what'd you say are fair? You have about fair for her, Drew? For Iga, I'm like yeah. two to one. I I can't imagine betting. So I kind of think it's in that like two to three to one. I can't imagine betting any WTA player that has to get through seven or six matches. At that number, before. before she won the French Open last year, she lost to a ranks of Russ or someone in in Rome in the first round. Like these players, and when they're like 19, 18, 19 years old, you have no idea like what's going on in their life. Obviously, she's really like she's backed up her French Open results. She's won two tournaments this year already. Uh, she has some nice wins, but I can't. Two to one is. <laughs> I just can't get over her. So real quick, Iga Sviantek's run at the French Open last year was the most dominant performance of any player, men, I, 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 women's, any women's player, because I can't really comp them best three, best of five, but any best performance in a slam uh, going back to Steffi Graf at the French Open in – 1988 88. from a do, from a from a dominance especially that final yeah. um yeah from how, a many, how many how many of her how many of her obviously canon but how many of the other opponents could you name and i'm drew because i think brett could probably go five or six here pretty easy yeah oh who she beat like, yeah who she who did, beat who besides, did she beat yeah, besides she Brock, beat Halla. she beat genie Hall- is the other uh, one Von Drusova in round one. Mm-hmm. Von, Dr- yes, Von Drusova, yep. Von Drusova, whatever. Von Drusova. Uh, Sue Shea. Yeah, mm, I don't have that one, but that could be right. There's no, one. It is. Uh, I, have, no. I have abstract up. You're, I'm, I'm, oh, okay. Potoroska right. was the semi. Potoroska, yeah. And then Potoroska. Uh, Kennan in the final. So, I mean, yeah. it was not an easy path. But she, she who was her dominated. quarter? Though? Her quarter was Martina Trevison. Who was oh. Potter, and this is who? not, this is not. Yeah, this is not 2021 <laughs> Potaroska. This is Argentine qualifier. Sure, you know sure. she she came. Trevison was a qualifier. Genie Genie was a wild card. Um, yeah, okay. You know, okay. Shea Shea was not seated. Obviously, Halep, the Halep win was it was it was one and two. Like she well, beat yeah, the yeah. shit out of the one seed. Like, that was a pro. was seated. Former finalist. Former finalist. Yeah. So yeah. it was a weird. It was a weird run because it was like, all right, you beat you beat Halep, and then I remember like worrying about her. Like, is there a big letdown if you beat Halep, and then sure. you're facing some weird again? Nuked, could you, Mar- Marti- yeah. Martina Trevison yeah. couldn't have if I wouldn't looked that up. You could have said the name. I couldn't have named the country. Martina I said Trevisan. Europe. It's, I couldn't. It's, 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 Ukraine. A, yeah. Italian. 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 Italian? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, Italian. I had yeah. no clue. No, no clue. clue on that. So like, no clue. Yeah, r- ranked ranked in that one fifty. So, uh, so again, like, said, though, there's a, it's a weird path. 
there's a 99% chance that whoever wins this year, we're also say, wow, that was a weird draw that you just had. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Wide open. Yeah, no, 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 of course. I, cause I think ultimately looking at these seated players out of the 32 seated players, I think two or three, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say four of them make week two out of yeah, the 32. Yeah. It's yeah, just, no, there's not going to be very many. Seems about right. There's so many. And Brett, of these Brett was right about Russ. It was, it was Russ, Russ in Rome mm-hmm. in yeah. the first round. Okay. Who's not if, particularly if, if you are if you are holding massive equity on Iga, who is the matchup you're concerned about in week two? Uh, I'm concerned about her. She beats on a good day. She beats anyone on clay. If okay. she if she doesn't show up, <laughs> she doesn't show up. You just, okay. But there's I, no one who has no, the game that you're like, like damn it. So like, so uh, so obviously, like the the type of players you don't really want to see are like. Like a Sabalenka or Ostapenko, who even like a, a someone that's in qualifying right now that just smokes with Anna Cunha, just coming back from injury. Yeah. Two like years of bad luck. Somebody that plays with low margin and that just doesn't care. So Ostap- a player like Ostapenko, because on her good day she can beat anyone on tour. You're I, telling me. About, you're telling me that her name is pronounced Anna Cunha. Her name is pronounced Anna Cunha. Is that right? Is that right? It's a soft. It's a Cunha? soft. Cunha. That's disappointing. My I thought it was, she was like Anaconda. Yeah, I thought it was Anaconda, uh, like Ron with Anaconda. That's a bummer. Anaconda don't way, want none unless you got funds. What about a fully healthy Bibby? Uh, what has she done on clay? How many? How many uh, you're on tennis right now. How many? How many matches has she played on clay? Yeah, five in her career. Like she's always injured. She, I don't know where she was last year. This week she's injured. She had COVID the month ago, partying Miami with Dave Grutman. I have, I have no, <laughs> that's a great point. I have no idea where her head is at. Is her, her is her dog going to be there? If she, that magical dog's there, then maybe she wins. I don't. She's a tough player for me to figure out, especially on a surface that we've never seen her on. Yeah, that's a fair level, point. She is. Week. She is sixteen and five. Uh, I have the same thing up. It's Although like, a ton of those wins came in uh, 25K Santa Margarita de Paula tournament. Yeah, she which... kicked the shit out of the Santa Margarita de, de Pulo <laughs> 25K. Although this, she did play 17, 18, and 19 at uh, RG. Has a couple wins, so not over anybody. Super yeah, five and two, I guess the five and two all, win. all tours. And I don't, I don't think her junior career. I, I'm, off the top of my head, I don't remember her being anything special on clay in her junior career. I could be wrong on that. But the Lapko win was just in qualifying, and she was 78th in the world. So I don't think that was really worth writing home about. Um, no, I don't think I, I don't I don't think her game suits is suitable for clay at all, and I wouldn't be worried about it. Her, like her, her movement, if she knows how to move on clay, it might be good. But her her kind of style isn't. Isn't special for red clay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the men's side because yeah. for the first time in as many years as I can remember, the men's side has more drama than the women's. Um, Rafa Nadal has been out of form. In fact, uh, if you put 2021 Rafa Nadal up against 2018 Rafa Nadal uh, and made me line that match, I'm probably making 2018 Rafa Nadal about a minus 600 in that one. That's uh, I wasn't going to go that high. I mean, it's. Are you? Have you watched much of Nadal? I, 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 he's still shifty, but in, in. But again, timeout. Zach Morris, timeout. He's playing himself. 
like he knows his ten. That's that's tough. Right. Like you know, you know thyself. Like he um, knows what yeah, I mean, shots right. he's about like, to take because he was there doing it. Is that what you're saying? God, that would be. This is like a <laughs> Nike commercial, like where he's playing himself. I feel like they've done this with somebody, but I mean, you're right. His his form is absolute shit compared to these other years where it's like, oh my god, he just won his tenth in Barcelona. Oh, he just won his tenth in Rome, and like, yeah, the, all the, these the de- ten, the ten, ten, the ten, 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 and then. Uh, didn't drop a set in Roland Garros. That was the best season that I saw. That was where I have him peaking in terms of my my number on Nadal. Um, needless to say, he has come back to the field, and the field has come up on him in the men's side. Um, I would not have said that anyone aside from Djokovic or team last year had a realistic chance of beating him. Uh, I would have said no one besides team the year before had a realistic chance of beating him. Um, and now I can say there are a lot of younger players who have taken meaningful steps forward who can absolutely go toe-to-toe. They may not be able to beat him in best of five, but they're ab- you know very, very capable of giving him a run for his money. Rublev outplayed him at Monte Carlo, which was impressive. Sissipas outplayed him in loss in Barcelona on his home court. Um, and then I that was uh, Zverev beat him in uh, Madrid. Uh, these th- these three young guys that you know have enough success at the Grand Slam level um, that I think they would not be you know they're not going to be shy in their opportunity to take him out. On top of the fact that Djokovic, uh, you know, was very very close to him in Rome, even though Djokovic's game on clay, man, like in the same way that you're concerned about the Ash Barty slicing and how attackable it is, Djokovic is so reliant on the slice and it's just asking to get, uh, you know, just asking to get taken apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I don't know that team is as good as the team we've seen in years past because he's been dealing with some injuries. Um, but surely Djokovic is going to be a realistic problem in the finals if that's the way it shakes out. Um, you know, are you are, have you seen anything uh, from any of these younger guys, namely Sispas, Rublev, I mean, or th- th- this Zverev? is fair. I mean, this comment is fair too. Like, <laughs> and th- this is something too. Like, e- even an out of form Rafa is still won. very good. Yeah. Yeah, he he's won. still very good. He's and minus if, 125 yeah. to win this tournament. And in five sets, it's it's a different game. I mean, it, I th- to get technical about Rafa, the biggest thing I've seen that's different and why you would make and why I agree though, I, I would when you said it, I was thinking like 350, 400 maybe. His first serve is not the same. Like he's not winning so many easy points. So early, early career Rafa on clay just beat you. He could beat you with the serve. He could outgrind you. He he knew angle. He did everything perfect. So when he got, after he came back from his like injuries and whatever was going on, what the 2015, 2016, 14, he really like honed down his first serve. And he's like, I need to create easy points because I can't hang in these matches forever. One, he, and he really perfected that in Paris. This clay swing, he really, his first serve hasn't been great. Like the, the, he won. I don't know why we're complaining, but when he beat <laughs> Sitsipas in Barcelona, that first serve was like, Dude. Eh, he, and like, I'm looking at his stats right now. He's against top level competition. He's only winning like sub 70% of first serves where when he's on his game, that's in the top, plus 75% range, even against the Novaks and Sitsipas. Yeah. So, it's tough to go against Rafa, but if you want to, I think it's this year. And there's like a decent amount of players that could theoretically overtake him. I think that the three that come to the top of my mind, obviously Sitsipas, 
and Sasha. Though, if you're Zverev, I don't know. If he gets into a Grand Slam final, I don't know how he doesn't rethink about it. <laughs> no, it, uh, that's going to have to be a quarterfinal. That's going to have to be a quarterfinal or else. Oh, no, I, I'm there. just saying if he could get to the final versus like like Grigor Dimitrov and he would turtle, <laughs> I think. I mean, he probably wouldn't, but it wouldn't surprise me. And it is I, best of five. So, I mean, that's, that is his kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just, but he's, uh, to be fair to him, it really seems like he's kind of solved his double fault issues as of late. The other player I really like, and he uh, he won last week, and I don't actually know his current place, but Casper Rude has looked sure. phenomenal on clay, and I think he has a real chance to make noise in Paris. Um, obviously, the other one who's come out of nowhere is uh, Karatsev. Or Karatsev um, yeah, Karatsev. Aslan. Aslan. Um, 42 to 1 for Rude and 65 on uh, Aslan. Okay. I, I think. Those are quarter prices if you want them. <laughs> nah, I, neither of those guys is winning the title. I don't you think. Don't, okay. Yeah. So you don't think they can? I don't I don't know. So you think it's between sixty five so you think it's between the four. Assuming team maybe team wakes up. He seems so disinterested in tennis right now compared to like his peak. And I don't know if he doesn't really look injured. He just like kind of looks disinterested to some degree. I know he's talked about it a little bit. Uh he looks like he needs something more to fight for. But uh and honestly, the other guy that who I'm really high on, on Clay is Sinner, but I don't a little too early. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not the, he's not super young. What is he? Twenty, I think. It's, I mean, Sissipas is the best chance to beat them both. Yeah, Sissipas Sissipas uh, handled um, Nadal comfortably at the Australian Open, mm-hmm. uh, and that margin in the Barcelona final was razor thin. He had a match point. Didn't he? <laughs> it was so so served, so thin. He served for the match. He might have. Yeah, it would. Yeah. The it was. I think he. Uh, he, well, he, he was, he had a rough, he could not get a, get a break 11. Yeah. Yeah. Rafa saved 11 of 20 of 13 break chances in that match. Um, he hung on by a shoelace. Um, I don't know. I think Sissipas is the guy, if it's not Rafa, I, you know, Djokovic is not going to beat Rafa in the final. If that's how it shakes out. I don't think. Um, you know, I think we saw as good as it was going to get in Rome and Djokovic really didn't have the goods to do it in best of three. So I don't think he has them in best of five. No. Um, similarly, uh, you know, you mentioned team not, not being really, uh, you know, up to, up to it. I, I agree. I can't really put my finger on it either, but, uh, you know, he looks like potential for an early out here, you know, and you know what he wanted, he won his first, uh, slam last fall. And so you give the guy a year to kind of. Uh, you know, live on the glory of you know winning the victory lap. The victory. Hopefully, lap. hopefully right. it's hopefully it's not the oh god, who's the gal that you state, Rory? I why am I blanking on her name? Oh, was she's pregnant? Oh, was, was. Was. Yeah, the the Wozniaski victory lap that lasted, um, still pending. Like that's still <laughs> pending. Like she, we're like oh she'll she'll come out of this and then she never did but i'm i'm with you on sitsipas like i fell in love with him than team though yeah and yeah that's to be fair like team's old at though. A different point is team is old he's kind of getting there but yeah like sitsipas we've talked about this a bunch this is a joke being kelly used to make i mean everybody you check check his instagram like if he's in a good mood if he's in like a good place with his any he's like too stupid to fail you know it's <laughs> he's a it's, memo. He do, but yeah he does not get in his own heads it's like the joke we make about 
and it's not even a joke with uh, Zverev at some points earlier in his career, like he would absolutely beat himself. Like he was losing those matches. The other person was not winning it, especially in best of five, especially in high pressure situations. The only time we've seen him break out of that was, was it Hamburg or Munich or where, where was the one where he, you know, this is my fucking courts. Um, it, you know, it was a smaller tournament the one where he was calling the bullshit Russian. Yeah, I know he won one of the German tournaments uh, earlier a few years back. And it's like, uh, this is a glimpse of like, if he keeps his head together, like he can straight up win a tournament. But like, that's what I love about Sitsipas. Like, he just plays tennis. He doesn't get in his own head. He is legitimately. Yeah, he, des- he destroyed Rublev at Monte Carlo. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter who's across um, from him. He, he's, he's going to play the same. Yeah, he went five and got injured in the fifth set against Djokovic last year in the semifinals at Roland Garros. Um, he's beaten Roger Federer at Australian Open. He's beaten, uh, you know, Rafa Nadal at the, Austra- at the Australian Open. So he's got the chops to take down a, one of the big three. Uh, and if he's on the same side, I would like to see him get like a quarterfinal or semifinal chance against Nadal instead of ha- asking him to do it in the final. Um, I mean, I think a perfect draw for Sissipas is probably, uh, although can that even work out? Is Sissipas four? Oh, no, teams four. Teams, teams four. So we need you need Sissipas in the same quarter as Nadal, and that's your sure. quarterfinal, and he gets it done there on a nice, cool, damp day where the conditions aren't quite good for Rafa's spin. Somebody moves Rafa's water bottles. He's <laughs> off his game. His shorts aren't fitting quite right. Yeah, He's doing some right. extra picking in the rear. Yeah, and it, yeah. it was it was Munich. It was 17 Munich. It was like that weird – he had a run because he won, he won Montpellier and then he won Munich uh, later that year, and I was like, "All right, this kid's this kid's ready to break out." And then we just, as we got to best of five, it just wasn't happening. Yeah, no, I think ideally Sissipas can do it, but I want it to be a semi or a quarter. Um, if Sissipas gets in the same quarter as Medvedev and meets Rodol- meets Nadal in the bottom half in the semis, I'm interested in Sissipas getting it done. Um, and then presumably he would take Djokovic on in the final, and he could definitely beat Djokovic on clay. Uh, that was so close last year. That match was razor thin, and he got hurt late. Yeah, and then the fifth set. Yeah, he, he, I don't remember what happened, but he really got – he just wilted in the fifth set. He could barely move. Uh, remember also this year uh, in Paris, we have lights. We have night tennis in Paris. They've been doing it in qualifiers. Yeah. Uh doesn't really – they supposedly are only playing – the French president said they're only going to play till 1030. Uh, I don't – I don't understand why I'm so early, but they're different over there. That was the dumbest thing of all time, not having lights. And then uh, you had matches like who was the match with Sanga and uh, the kid from Argentina? And it was going until they were in the fourth set and they were playing till nine o'clock, nine thirty mm-hmm. at night. And it was like, um, I I think so, I think so. But yeah, no, the song, they had to delay. You know, he had like break chances and they delayed it to the next day. And the next day, like the kid broke him on. The first set, and it was like, oh, that was super anticlimactic. That um, is the worst. Is yeah, when when you have it. like an an upset brewing that gets killed by the rain. Yeah. We've yeah. all we've all seen that movie. We know how that goes. That yeah. kid, that kid isn't sleeping that night. <laughs> yeah, I like this pasta plus seventy five seven fifty. I think he should be second choice. Yeah. I think I would, he has better chance than Novak. Yeah, I don't. That's if no, if Novak Novak can win this tournament, but he needs someone else to defeat Rafa. What number would you have to have to play uh, Rafa? Plus one fifty ish. Yeah, plus one fifty. I would take it. I think 
It's also one of those things, though, where you can, like, kind of wait a couple matches with that, assuming Novak or Steph or don't lose early. That's the other great point. Why play minus 125 with Rafa now? The men's field is stacked. Mm-hmm. Unless they give him a total cakewalk draw, he's going to have to do it himself. You're going to be able to kind of roll over and get a better price, I would guess, than minus 125. Yeah. And really, you know, the whole thing that I'm just kind of put out by is I bet Rafa at minus 125 to win the French Open. And I, it was I'm a different it situation. It was, I knew it was an advantage play. Mm-hmm. I knew he was by far and away the class of the field and he was going to stomp. That's not the case this year. It's just going to be so much tougher. And uh, all it takes is the right guy in the right day with a much more stacked field. And I know if they, you know, if they give him a draw where he gets, uh, uh, you know, he's on the same half as Medvedev and he gets Federer in his quarter, then we know that it was fixed. And, you know, and, and Rude and Rude and Sinner and all those other guys are on the top half with Djokovic. And, you know, anyone with a pulse is out of his way. Then I'll reconsider the price being fair at minus one twenty five. Gets Diego Schwartzman, the ghost of Diego yeah. Schwartzman, in his quarter, and maybe Dimitrov. And okay. it's oh, like, oh, hey, it's, it could walk. happen, man. It yeah, could yeah. happen. Diego's hard once. Right anyway. Yeah, yeah. Diego's Me- really falling off. I would. I was kind of high on him coming into this clay season. He was so good last year. Didn't he beat Rafa in Rome last year? Or he was he great. Did. He. he- he he beat Rafa. He beat um team in the quarterfinals or yeah quarterfinals of Paris, and it was a great match. Yes, it was a great match. The team was coming off of his title. That was a great match. Diego um, was good in South America, but anything after that is just hot bad. trash. He wasn't remember they, they keep they keep he won one. Yes. He made like a he made like a like winning one of the four is good. And I think he made maybe a semi. It was probably just a quarter. Like I remember him playing a bunch of matches early in the year and then now it's like, oh, he's just out early every week. He won Buenos Aires, his home tournament for the first time ever. He had to beat three qualifiers to do it and he's been gone since he lost he's, he's lost <laughs> I forgot four that ma- his path was that easy there he's lost four matches in a row on clay and not, not, i mean he's he lost a like yeah, oh. yeah these were not these he's were not, not competitive good. felix wasn't even close dicky g who's actually playing okay this week maybe he's back from the dead Dude, the men's draw is hysterical too. It's like this is also Russian roulette. Like, listen to like 13, 14, 15, 16. Like one of these guys is gonna land in your quarter. Golfan, Malfi, Dimitrov, and Rude. <laughs> like one of those guys has a pulse. You have th- like, you have three dead people and one guy. Well, Gofan's won a tournament this year. Who knows? He's another player that could kind of come out of nowhere, but Monfils. Took like two medical timeouts in the third set today before losing to uh, RCB. Yeah, he's and uh, who was the other one? With the tie break, Dimitrov. Yeah, yeah Dimitrov. Dimitrov is uh, not good on yeah. play. Here's the next. Here's the next four guys: Milos Raonic, Hubert Hurkacz, FAA, and Yannick Sinner. <laughs> you know, like you end up, you could end up with Yannick Sinner and Rude in your in your draw while while Rafa's got to go through. Uh, Dimitrov and, and Raonic, you know? Yeah. That's, uh, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, look. John, big John's here. Like, I yeah. get to play Like I get to play one of these trees on clay or something. Hey, what do you make of uh, Berrettini, by the way? I like him. Uh, I had a outright on him in Barcelona, mainly due to the altitude. I was able to uh, uh, make some money because I was able to bet Sasha Live after the first set at some plus money to kind of cover. 
Um, I really like his game. He, he reminds me so much of Del Potro in that he just his backhand isn't there. He's got a huge serve in that forehand, just smokes. Um, God, he, he is the second coming at Del Potro. That's a he great He really call. is. And he's kind of, he seems like a nice guy to not quite fan favorite like Delpo was. Um, I mean, if he's in my draw, I'm not happy. I'd rather have a, uh, like a Schwartzman or a PCB or RBA um, even. Yeah. yeah. I'm a good, I don't, the two guys. So Spain gets this like huge, uh, credit for being like a clay. Like if you're from Spain, you're good on clay. Uh, Carino Busto and Batista Gut are better on hard courts than they are on clay. And I don't think that's yeah. ever factored in their prices. I, I'm usually always against them on clay. And you can get some decent plus money on the other side. I think that's because of the Rafa uh, love and everyone is from Spain is supposedly good on clay. Okay. All right. Well, I think we've stretched our legs enough on the old uh, on the old tennis talk. Um, we'll have to bring you back at some point and get a little more on your process about uh, using some qualitative stuff that you're seeing yeah. uh, and how you in, you know, wrap that into your handicap. But um, let's talk a little NBA playoffs. Uh, R.I.P. Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks are getting oh. the shit kicked oh. out of them. Down it's thirteen good, and a half. I mean, um, they can't score again. Wizards yeah. are dead. Trey Young has 20. Who knew the 20 Hawks and were this defensive 20, dynamos. 0, and 4. No, no, uh, no fouls either. Good. Julius Randle, 0 of 6. It's, yeah. Like he he, pick, pick, he's picking, a, he, he's he picking a bad win. time to have a bad time. Um, yeah. Any interest in next second half, Andy? No. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, you think they're done? Westbrook. I, just I, I haven't seen a price. <laughs> What what would you make the price? Have you looked at it yet? Are you cheating? I know what it is. Knicks uh, minus four. Knicks second half. Uh, eight and a half. No, it's eight, eight and a half. No, it's. No, four. I'm seeing. I'm seeing a live line, uh, so it's oh, four. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, four I, I, I went on one of the that did the full the full game. Has so full it's game four. Up. Yeah. Okay. Four four's fair. I don't know if I'd lay it. Like. It's gonna get bet. Yeah. It's gonna get bet hard. It's probably gonna close five, right? It, it opened at four. I'm seeing a four sixteen, a four and a half, one ten. Yeah. We are now into the second half. So oh, okay. And, oh, it started. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, the next the live the live line is up to Knicks minus six. Oh wow. Okay. Um, so what? No, what have been some of your takeaways from round one of the playoffs as you sit back and kind of reflect on uh, you know who the winners and losers have been so far? So that first two days of games were some of the worst shooting we've seen. I don't know <laughs> if it's because on? fans, like the, a the lot distraction. of had more fans, probably just random variants on the games, uh, improved defense in the playoffs, and then you have the maps who supposedly don't know what bad shooting is. Um, so like I think that was my major takeaway. Uh, number one takeaway is I can't wait for uh, Bucks Nets. I, that's not that's not the finals. It's it's the second round matchup, but that's probably the most excited. Like if I could get any two teams matched up against each other throughout the whole playoffs, Bucks Nets would be the number one uh, spot. I'm I really like the Bucks. I, I wouldn't make them a favorite by any means over the, the Nets, but I. Based on what I see, and like some people saying, "Oh, Nets minus two fifty or so," I'll probably have some bucks. Uh, I was very disappointed coming into the playoffs that Bucks Eastern Conference uh, odds were terrible, 
they were like plus 300, plus 350. I'm like, if they're going to be plus 200 against the Nets, why? Who's betting them? Why? Why, why bother? If, no one else is beating the Nets. Even they, if they're, they're going to have to do minus 120 favored against the yeah. Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals, who? That's the terrible bet. Just bet them to beat the Nets in the next round for like 100 points less. Yeah. Um, yeah. Over other overarching questions, uh, the young guards, the teams don't know how to stop them. Between Trey Young and Luka Doncic, it's these high pick and rolls. No one knows how to stop them. I don't know if it's teams aren't equipped. Like the Clippers should be able to stop them, but they can't. The Bucks may be the best, though the Nets don't really run a pick and roll style. Uh, so those are kind of my lack of shooting and young guards being incredible were my two big takeaways over the first four days. You're if you're a Bucks guy against the Nets, are you concerned at all about their inability to defend the three? Uh, it, I mean, it's not their inability to defend a three. It's their uh, inability to stop teams from taking a three. Yeah. Their, yeah. their defense against a three is, oh, you have an off shooting night. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Which, honestly, against that Nets offense, I don't. Yeah, Joe don't, Harris and Kyrie bomb, bombs away. Harden, yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's, it's tough. But, I mean, they match up decently well. And one of like what the four games that the Nets had their big three this season. Uh, but I don't think they had Harris in it. Uh, the Bucks, I think took them to overtime in Brooklyn. Uh, if I remember correctly in February or January, it was a great game. Uh, and if Giannis or PJ Tucker can go on KD, I, I think Brooke Lopez is almost unplayable in the big moments of that series. But if he, he can guard a Blake Griffin, he can guard a, uh, when Claxton's in, you can insert Brooklyn. Well, that's fine. But when they go Jeff Green small, you got to get PJ Tucker in, no doubt. Um, biggest issue is Dante DiFincenzo, DiFincenzo in that series. Uh, I don't trust him defensively to run around with Joe Harris. Um, but I, I love the Drew Holiday against Kyrie Irving matchup. Love that matchup. Because what Drew Holiday was able to do to Dame Willard in the years past, I think he can do the exact same thing to Kyrie. But yeah, he's big. He's, he's big. He's bigger than you realize. Chris until Harden. you see him next to a guy like Kyrie. Yeah. Chris Middleton has no chance against Harden. No one does. So I don't know. Just, just because you know anybody listens to this in podcast form is probably listening to this on Thursday morning, Thursday whenever. Like any takes on Game Two Bucks? You know, Game Two of the Nuggets Blazers. Excuse me. Now that that's shifting back to uh, Portland game for Game Three. Yeah. Yeah. No, and just like how yeah, well, or just the West uh, in general, or just yeah, because you know we, we it, it's actually, yeah, we have the Heat. The Heat are you know about a one and a half two point dog at home. The Lakers seven point favorites at home because that that series shifted hard, and then the Blazers will be four, what four point favorites. It looks like yep. back in Portland with like two hundred fans. Yeah, great game right. tomorrow. So just drives me nuts. The only bet I have uh, pending right now, actually, I have two bets. I have the Blazers minus four, and I have the. And this is this is going against any playoff angle. Is I, I did bet the Nets minus uh, six on open uh, versus the Celtics. Um, as far I, I think I know the Nuggets looked awesome. Uh, Jokic was awesome. Monty Morris uh, was awesome. I just think the Trailblazers have too much firepower. The biggest issue is that bench. They play eight guys. I don't know what Stotts is doing, but they play their bench consists of 
zero defense in Simons, Mello, and Cantor. Anytime they bring him in, like when they bring in Cantor, Jokic can do absolutely whatever. And if Cantor's not doing anything offensively, it's worthless. Um, except he, he does do a good job on the boards. Mello is absolutely worth it. He, when he's guarding, any of the guard, it can be Composito, it can be Morris, it can be Porter, it can be anyone. He looks like he's like running in quicksand on the perimeter. He looks so bad last or two <laughs> nights ago, I think. And then Simons, he, he's too small to guard anyone. So um, I wish they would play Derek Jones Jr. Jr. more. I have no idea like why he can't guard Michael Porter Jr. off the bench. Like you, you have Norm Powell who played terrible. Uh, should turn around. CJ McCollum just needs to shoot more. And Dame's awesome. Like you need defense when you have like Powell and Dame out there. I don't know why DJJ he played like the first three months of the season. Now it's just been toast. I, yeah. It doesn't fully make sense to me when I think he's super helpful in this series when you don't need offense because Dame and CJ can can get their points against these guards. Do you agree with like why he doesn't play? No, <clears throat> I don't understand Coaches. it. Coaches, uh, coaches get weird this time of year. It's almost like coaches don't want to make that mistake, like the mistake, and then they start making other mistakes. Yeah, and you end up seeing like, why is this guy playing 15 minutes a game when he should probably only come in in the direst of fucking situations? I, yeah. If we I don't understand, there's, there's some things going on in that with with the Lakers. There's yeah. some things. Why going is Drummond? On why is Drummond getting yeah. the minutes Drummond's yeah. getting? Um, Which also sides five. Yeah. Yeah, where is Serge Ibaka? Um, these are the big questions. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Jazz win, right? The Jazz win game too. I think I so. Think, okay, I might have had a free. <laughs> I might have had a free bet that went to a net Sixers Jazz moneyline parlay. So, oh, that's cool. I, I don't think that. I, I, right. Basically, I, I have the Jazz tonight. Apparently, my nice. zero risk though. My take on that on that series is. Rudy Gobert didn't fall out of any games in the regular season. He had two fouls that were like on offensive rebounds. Like, just cut that out. You you are too important on the defensive end, and and honestly on the offensive end to pick up dumb fouls and get yourself in foul trouble and only play twenty minutes. And they're another one where they shoot like 40, 42% in the season. And they shot I think like twenty eight percent, and Memphis couldn't miss. They should win tonight, but. Speaking of young guards, John Morant, they, when Rudy Gobert is not on the floor, Derek Favors has zero chance whatsoever of stopping him. Mitchell will help. Um, if they When they get in trouble in offense, Conley's just not the guy. Ingles is not the guy to create a shot. Um, Mitchell is so important to that offense. But uh, honestly, their defense was more disappointing in game one, I thought, just because I thought more of the offense was kind of just like no one could shoot. Yeah. Um, if Gobert plays a full complement, forty minutes, and Mitchell is 80 percent, I, I do think they handle him. Nine and a half, ten is way too much in that lane. Yeah, I was there too. Even though this feels like a one twenty to one hundred five kind of game. Yeah, I did take. Uh, I took Jazz minus one and a half series. Uh, it's not really around many places. I did bet that though, just because I think they're more talented. I worry about the. And they played their asses off in game one, but the bench of like Desmond Bain to Anthony Melton, uh, kind of just too young, even Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm super high on him. I think he's a future all-star, 
but he just doesn't seem a hundred percent. He doesn't seem confident in his, like in his shot, in his, uh, just in his general, like ability to play high level basketball. I don't think he's there yet. And he's obviously coming, I think towards Achilles, right? Tour or something. I believe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I did it's a year too soon, but when great players, great players are always a year too soon. You, you miss them. It's yeah. like, uh, like when Luca beats the Clippers, which I guess you kind of saw it last year, but you sh- we shouldn't be surprised. It's going to be the one of the best ever. I like your look jazz minus one and a half games. Um, and yeah. in fact, I've, I didn't fire on jazz tonight, even though I can see them covering, it's a little too rich for my blood. Um, but I'm going to, I'm hopeful that it's somewhat close, somewhat competitive. And then you get a favorable number of game three, game four to back jazz, jazz. Yep. Um, cause they're a much, 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 much better team. Yeah. But if they shoot 25% from three and the Memphis Grizzlies and Desmond Bain shoots three or four from deep, Anthony Melton goes two of three, Kyle Anderson can't miss. <laughs> yeah. I, know. Crazy team, things like, oh I don't, I don't need, I don't need that negativity in my life, Brett. It, it's so it weird. It's by hundred. It, so many of these games, and it's like the NBA nowadays. I and I waffle on it. I'm like, oh, just look at the three point variance, and it's like, boom, that like explains a game. But if you watch it, like uh, like game one of Clippers, not necessarily game two, but game one of Clippers Mavs was like, I watched and I was like, Mavs are just hitting every shot. Everything. Like it can be difficult, it can be easy. They're hitting it, and then they kind of did it last night too. But the the Clippers didn't make any adjustments, and it's it's almost like they believed what I thought, and it's like oh, it's just random variance. Like oh, sure. we're just gonna start missing, and it's in a seven game series. Sometimes you just don't miss. Like Tim Hardaway comes off a screen, and he's hitting five yeah. or six on screens. It's like mm. yeah, just ask the ask the Bucks who got beat by the Heat last year. Like, but to Andy's made point, all I think, their threes. <laughs> to Andy's point too, I think coaches are way too slow to make adjustments. Oh yeah, and I think it's been this They're way. Like WTA players, Steve Kerr was way too slow in making adjustments every time the Warriors were in big situations. He wouldn't go to Draymond at the five forever. He played Kevin, uh, not Kevin Looney, but like uh, he was still using everyone off the bench. Andrew like Bogut, finals. yeah. Andrew Bogut, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you got, you cannot, I'm like, I have you minus two and a half in this series. Why are you like wasting possessions without your best lineup? I don't know. It's, I think coaches are way too slow to make adjustments, but they kind of, they feel they've gotten here for a reason, I guess. I don't know. And the, the Clippers, I, something seems, comp- the, the lack of surge, I don't know if he's injured. Rajon Rondo's, kind of helpful but pg doesn't is so invisible at times both offensively and defensively they rely so much on marcus morris who shot like 50 percent from three in this regular season but it's like one of 12 in the playoff there i don't know meniscus meniscus and achilles yeah meniscus injuries are gnarly because you got to stay off of it for so long it's not like i think it's kind of worse than an acl honestly but whatever the um uh the so you're not interested in a clippers series price even now i mean is it like plus 250 or something or yeah they're gonna be enough. favored in all they're gonna be favored in all four games so, you know the next four games you mean the, you mean the next two games <laughs> they'll be favored in the next two games at least the it's, next game uh, really don't they just have to win game three and yeah. that kind of that kind of that kind of does because this is this feels like it, it, it this puts is it either dallas this yeah. is either dallas in four or clippers in six or seven I don't. I don't know. I, the shooting. The if, shooting. If Luca plays just, like that, 
it's it's not that much of a mismatch anymore. The thing is, is Luke is not the one that's shooting well either. Yeah, right. It's all the other guys. It's everyone. Yeah, like Porzingis, like Porzingis isn't gonna make those circus shots. So, what, correct. And Tim Hardaway is not gonna. Tim Hardaway is gonna cool off at some point. He's. I don't know. We said anyway. we said Trey Young wasn't gonna play like this every night. I wish the Clippers would not switch so freely, and it's because it's every team does it in the NBA nowadays. But you set the lightest of screens; it's automatic switch, automatic switch. Like we can't let you like uh, turn the corner, get a hip, and you get the bullshit foul that Trey Young got on uh, in game one. Like yeah. everyone's yeah. so worried about a guard turning the corner, and I, I guess you gotta be. But he roasts. Patrick Beverly, he was good just because he's so tall. Zubac is like is on roller skates whenever he's on him. I wish they would play Surge, but something must be wrong there. I, I don't, don't get that. I don't. I don't fully get it. He's been in big moments. Won a championship. He, he was fine in space against albeit weak guards and Golden State besides Steph. Um, I, he had like if you switch if if Zubac played five minutes and Surge played twenty. I would feel much better. And even besides it, just go with Morris at the five. I, I, the the reason why I'm kind of worried about the Clippers, I'm kind of out of answers. Like, if you guys don't try hard, you're not going to win. I don't. And it seems like they don't. I, they seem, It seems like typical Clippers voodoo. What's going on? Yeah, it does feel like that. Um, we we got San Antonio Kawhi back. <laughs> we just, uh, yeah. just like he he can just completely quit on a team. But he was I, awesome. He didn't quit. He didn't it's quit not, at no, all. no, he but like the game one, game one, shit. game one, we had quitter. Yeah, and that that's what's funny. Who's who said that in the chat? It's like he's going to score yeah. seventy and they're going to lose. That was me. I, that was you. Yeah, yeah I know. Setting you up for setting you up for a W there. Yeah, but no, he. No. Yeah, like game one looked weird. And it's like, all right, Kawhi back. Like, and that's where I'm wondering, like, if if they're down 2-0 after that performance, like, do you get that performance again? But the I, thing is, he needs other he needs other options. Like when he won with Toronto, and when he won with San Antonio, minus he wasn't like the alpha uh, number one option there. He didn't really turn it on until he absolutely have to. He. He had to absolutely have to turn it on in game two, quarter one of this series. Like, there's no one that can take the yeah. the only other like playmaker on the team is Reggie Jackson. We got massive issues. Though. Like, at least Toronto had like Lowry, Siakam, who kind of got wasn't that F3 great in the playoffs that series. F3, Van Fleet, yeah, was great. Yeah, like, he was great. There, there's Reggie Jackson. Paul George is. I don't when he gets the ball and like isos or tries to run a pick and roll, he just. Does not look great at all. Or and what else you got? I think they should play Rondo more honestly. Yeah, obviously, I could not agree with you more. Um, you and especially considering how tired Kawhi was at the end of Game One, he can't carry the offense for as many minutes as they're mm-hmm. asking to. Get Rondo in there, let him handle the ball. <clears throat> um, yep. I agree with you. Uh, Lou, Lou can figure it out. I would like to see. I would like to see Doncic go to the next round. I guess. I guess I would rather see. Luca versus the Jazz, then that would Clippers, be sweet. Jazz. I would rather see that. Too. I think I would rather. So I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. I yeah. don't love. I don't love all the shit Kawhi is taking. I don't think it's fair. Um, but you know, whatever. I also think Kawhi is just not as good as he used to be. That's not crazy. 
That's really his not defense crazy. is really taking a step back. I think it has to do with whatever. I mean, he's older now. He can't play. If, if you're telling me he peaked in Toronto at the perfect time, I would believe it. I mean, I don't. I think he was almost better in San Antonio in some ways, but that's more. That's more because he there was he wasn't the number one. And when you become the number one, your your efficiency is going to drop. You have to focus more on offense. You can't focus on defense. You're going to drain yourself. But uh, I yeah. Point. He, his defensive level is clearly not what it was in San Antonio, let alone Toronto uh, these years. I mean, just they don't fight over screens, but that's kind of the NBA in general. So I yeah. don't fully know. Right on. All right. Well, this is great stuff, man. We can talk NBA all night. Uh, what's your final predictions? Uh, so I do think it's Nets versus who knows. <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly don't know the the teams. I I don't like the, to win do you the, get West. the do, you, do you get the Blazers a chance against the Lakers? Yeah, LeBron's not a hundred percent now. In two weeks, he, he should be better. Um, but the Blazers the teams the teams I'm not high on out of the West are Denver because they don't have Murray, but they mm. could still beat the Blazers. Like I'm not like counting out them beating the Blazers. Uh, the Suns because CP3 He's is not hundred percent. If he was a hundred percent, I. I still actually like them over the Lakers and Memphis just because they're not good. Anyone, yeah. Dallas, Utah, like Utah could make the finals. Who knows? <laughs> Suns and four was fun after game one or actually like halfway. What through, was the number I on think. that? Suns and four. I don't know. I had to be like plus 1600. I don't know. I, I got Suns like plus 190 series prices and they look so good. Yeah. I, I, I kind of hope they win game three and then I can buy out a little Get out bit, of it, yeah. The, 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 the move today was violent. <laughs> They're like minus 290 or something, that, right? I saw three yeah. something. Alex Alex hit the dead nut opener on like Camby books at plus 190. And then all the offshores pop up for the Suns at like plus 150. Yeah. And I'm talking pre, pre-series. Yeah. He was he was pretty happy with that. Oh, and, yeah, he, I think he was pretty surprised at how violent the reaction was to one game. Although it was, you know, I mean, you, you saw the reaction to just the, not the series price, but the game price in game two. It's like, man, and you kind of had to see it coming, I guess. But even that, I, I like we saw it coming. If they win this, if we win convincingly, the series price will shift hard. But it shifted really effing hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the the, the drop off from CP three to uh, Payne. Yeah, it, Payne had a great game, but you saw in like crunch time when you need someone to like handle the ball and get the offense started. Devin Booker's not at that level. When you see Devin Booker run the pick and roll with Aiden, he tries those little like seam passes, and it's like, what are you even doing? They committed like four turnovers on that in the first quarter. He's just not the same level of ball handler and creator as Chris Paul. And like yeah. the loss of him is so messed. The fact that they were competitive in that game yesterday, like makes me downgrade the Lakers that much more. And like, that AD was my was major awesome. takeaway too. Drummond yeah. was awesome. And the and refs played still, an amazing game for the Lakers as well. Like yeah, it was a really was solid, yeah. it was a solid all around performance from the Lakers. Yeah, I, I, that game, honestly, so I, was depressed about Phoenix. I'm like, they're probably not going to win this series if CP3 doesn't have a right arm. Sure. But I'm like, the Lakers barely put him the way. They needed LeBron hitting a ridiculous step back in the corner, hitting some absurd three-pointers. And they went – I mean, they really won it in the last – It was the game was up in the air with three minutes to go. Yeah. They, they lucked out. They lucked out against the Warriors <laughs> to get here. Yeah. <laughs> you I, know? I, maybe they get better. And, like, the West – 
like there's not as many like just put one of the top three in the east in the west and i'd be like okay it's gonna be funny if the month of june is colored by me doubting Nadal as he goes on to win his 14th French and Open and doubting LeBron, LeBron as he goes on to win his 5th ring. <laughs> Can you imagine a Laker? What's a Lakers Nets prep? Let's say LeBron gets 100%. Yeah. He looks fantastic. Like Let's say yeah. they, they beat the Suns in five. They beat the Blazers in, in five, five or six. six yeah. And then they beat whoever comes out of the top in like six. They beat the, they beat the Jazz. They beat the Jazz in five, yeah. 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 What's a Nets Nets Lakers price. Nets minus two fifty. No way. Well, I was gonna, no way. One eighty. No way. No think, way. Well, we, you didn't you, let him say how hard the, the Nets at this point. The Nets are twelve and all. They've not lost a game. <laughs> no. They just they they just won. They they swept point, in the Palestra. I can't think of where the Phillies arena is called. I Wells just said Fargo, the Palestra. Wells, Wells Fargo, Fargo Arena. Yeah. They they swept the Sixers. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if they struggle a little. Let's say they win every. They win in four. They win in five. They beat the Sixers in five or six. If it's that dominant, one sixty-five to one eighty. If it's that dominant, it could be. I could see as high as minus one eighty. But I think this is going to be closer to one one fifty. Under under one fifty would be really. Yeah, we're gonna clip this shit. Aren't the Nets so much better? Yeah, yeah, but even it, when How the Warriors, but you meant like, guard Kyrie like, Irving off the top of your head. What were the Warriors, the the Durant Curry Warriors against the LeBron J.R. Smith Cavs, <laughs> right? Like yeah. the market just has so much respect, respect for LeBron for before we see a game, yeah. you know. And then after one, after that one game where they lost in overtime with the J.R. with the J.R. Smith fuck up, you know, then then it was like mm-hmm. minus eight hundred, you know, like once people saw it once they they moved, but. But before people see it, they'll talk themselves into LeBron until the death. That team just has sure. so little talent. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they. I thought their moves in the offseason were kind of confusing, and now, and even now, like, I, I, it, it looks bad, man. What are we? How much are you pricing in Kyrie burning any sage? Hmm. <sighs> And what well, he honestly, I don't know if he'd do that. Hey guys, LeBron. I gotta tell you, Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie versus Kyrie, LeBron. Kyrie, the head case is a distant memory, man. I haven't seen he's that guy in a while. In. He's locked in for the. He playoffs. loves being second fiddle. He'll never admit it, but he, I mean, he's third fiddle, really. I mean, he's almost fourth fiddle with Harris coming off screens. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good it's, point. The big four. Best yeah. of luck to you. I, I, I don't know, but I mean, AD may feast on Jeff Green and Blake Griffin. I, I don't know. I, 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 think, I think they're so I, much yeah. better though. I think I think if they have relatively comparable paths from this point to the finals in terms of games played and no one's injured, uh, you're gonna see like minus like minus one forty, minus one thirty for the Nets. I'd lock that in now. <laughs> yeah. I, think yeah. I think you could probably find a book that offers that too. I would I would give me yeah, I'd give me oh, Nets, or just or yeah, just Nets get a price minus on one Nets and a half. Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, get an exacta. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure those. Yeah. Are, I'm sure those are out there. I don't know. After after uh, a certain book decided to change their UI to, uh, what it Tangiers. Tangiers. A lot of uh, a lot of those fun exacta prices have disappeared from the market. In my but I'll look. Some of the legal books have you know just stupid shit like that. It's nice to bet more than twelve fifty on a golf matchup though. On oh guys, we blew book. it. 
We blew it not taking the Knicks at halftime. Yeah, the Knicks are playing well, which is good. I have a Knicks series price. Julius Randle came out of halftime and hit that three, and he was like, Brett was talking shit. I'm going to hit my three, (laughs) and we're going going to the promised land, buddy. Uh, 28-15 in the third so far. Yes. Let's go. I bleed orange. I bleed blue. That Sixers under was looking dicey at halftime. That came through no problem. They put up 57, right? I was only on the team total under. That was... Nice. No problem. Should be a good night. I'm ex- actually excited for this late game. I, I I wish they would put. I won't stay up. I wish Nets Celtics was like the 9:30 game one of these days. I'll tell you, man. Last so night's ske- last night's schedule where they had so dumb. It was and they're doing it's again tomorrow. I want to watch every oh minute of God, these two yeah. games and they're on the same damn time. Yeah, flip flop the Bucks can't do it. Though the Heat are going to win and it's going to be a series again. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's not go I, that far. I can't. I, the the we were spoiled at the bubble where they where they nothing overlapped. That was nothing so, overlapped. So great, man. Starting what three o'clock your time three in the or afternoon? Something? Yeah, I, or yeah. earlier. I think there were some that were like around one. They might have started like one o'clock. No, no overlapping of games in two arenas. It was so great. It was so great. The bubble, yeah. the bubble was perfect in so many ways. Like <laughs> as much as like, and it's funny because no travel. Yeah. And like the and the players hated it so much, and we're yeah. just like, we should always do this. Like, can we just lock these people in a in a city every year? I thought the level of play was pretty damn good in the bubble, though. I, I did too. It was I great. It. Everything was the, fun. The eight game restart was electric. Oh, yeah. Those games Especially were. The, the, they they, they hung the bucks. They yeah, hung the bucks to win six of those games. Never going to see at that first. again. That was gone in like three seconds. Even the five and a halfs were silly. Yeah. Yeah, that was super fun. Ah, the Knicks are up, man. All right, well, we'll end this year. We'll let you go watch the end of this game. Let's go, Knicks. Get your asses back into this series. I'm going to find out what happened, uh, if if this was referee-assisted or if it was just the Knicks finally playing well. Um, It's going to be interesting because Trey Young has not been effective in half two at all. Randall's doing whatever he wants. That's great, man. He's which is which is which is a breath of fresh air because that was kind of a pretty core thesis heading into this series because he did whatever he wanted against them during the regular season. So how in the world he was uh, unable to manifest offense was kind of confusing. Um, but yeah, Derrick Rose looks great. Uh, Julius Randle looks great. This is uh, gonna be a fun ending. All right, let's see. Let's go, Knicks. We'll let you go. Best yep. of luck. Thanks for all your time, my man. And uh, you know, enjoy the French Open. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. And uh, we'll we'll see you in the Twitter sphere. You too. Talk to you later. Thank you guys so much. Hit the music. Cut you off. Sorry. What were you going to say? I said hit the music. Oh. Oh, Brent was just saying thank you so much. <laughs> no, I meant you. I just want to make sure I understood. Oh, I said hit, hit, the, the hit the music, okay. which again. Oh, keep... Next 32 16 in this third quarter. That's a man's comeback. They are not ready to go out quietly. This is going to be a seven-game series. I can cash my uh, uh, cash my my games over that I played in this one. Do, do, do.